One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time. It's my screen time too. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms marvel that they used to think they knew what was cool in tech. (laughs) Do you remember like spending a long time on Guitar Hero? That was a thing. It was a thing and I was kind of good at it. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two sons, Jay, he's three, and Kenny, he's six months. And I have three kids. Tony is nine, and Libby and Nate are six. They are adorable, aren't they? They are usually pretty gosh darn adorable. Yes, we like to tell just a quick story about how awesome or sometimes awful our kids are because we're moms in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers. So my story this week is... My kids have awesomely reinforced one of my theories of parenting, which is if you force a kid to go ice skating enough times, they will eventually just start skating. (laughs) It's sort of like the drop them in the pool to teach them to swim method. Which I don't believe in, but (laughs) yes, ice rink, I don't think they necessarily need lessons. I think it's all about time on the ice. And this winter, Libby got it earlier And just last night, Nate was skating and everything clicked for him and it was awesome. That's awesome. Do you have like a lake that you go to or is it a rink? Yeah, our local park has an outdoor rink. So fun. Yeah. So how about your kids? I just took a 30 (laughs) second video of Kenny cracking up every time I said the word cat. Oh my gosh, I love baby (laughs) laughing videos. Like gales of laughter just from one word, cat. That's the best. So I'm feeling pretty good, needless to say. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, is maybe a good thing because it'll help buoy my spirits as we discuss a somewhat depressing topic. Yes. So screen time in the news this episode, we read an article from Quartz.com titled The World of Kids on YouTube is Wild, Weird, and Almost Entirely Unregulated. So we've talked before about, and we've even reviewed egg opening videos, and I've talked about the, for lack of a better word, just crap that my kids like to watch on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And this article kind of goes over that and how there's been a big shift because of the proliferation of mobile devices and the way that like YouTube's recommendations are based on algorithms and kids can be in charge of what they want to watch. And all this means like kids can create egg opening videos or those just homemade toy videos and they can watch them. And then it's just a stream of really bad content and they just keep clicking. And this article also included, um, a couple paragraphs about, I did not know about this kid, Ryan of Ryan Toys Review, and he's an eight-year-old who opens toys and plays with them on YouTube, and he made like $22 million <laughs> last year, which one, I'm like, I got to get my kids a YouTube channel, but I won't, I won't, that's terrible, right. that's terrible, right? <laughs> but $22 million, that's crazy. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't know Ryan's parents. Maybe they're totally normal, but it feels like it's got to be one of those like stage parent exploitative situations. Absolutely. Like a dance mom, but a YouTube mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I didn't realize that um, if there's an app that's like targeted to kids, it's regulated. But like my kids just you they don't have their own Google account. Mm-hmm. So if they're using you YouTube, I guess I'm logged in mm-hmm. on Google. And so YouTube is ostensibly like capturing the information of the things that they're clicking on because it doesn't know that they're kids. Right. I found that fascinating. Um, they talked just a very little bit about a lawsuit that an unnamed group of uh, nonprofit agencies is bringing with the Federal Trade Commission under Mm -hmm. that law, which is the Child Online Privacy Protection Act, Mm -hmm. um, for exactly that reason. Like, that's the loophole that allows them to get into this world of crap. It's Mm -hmm. not the fact that the content is bad or damaging or sometimes wildly inappropriate. I mean, like, these egg opening videos and, like, the endless nursery rhyme loops, you know, they're crappy, but they're fine. But there also is some like legitimately totally inappropriate content that is out there that kids can Mm -hmm. easily click on once they fall down one of these rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. But the only way they can file a lawsuit is just under this one very specific provision that says you can't capture kids' user data. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Stella reacting to a car outside. (laughs) At the end of the article, it says, if the coalition can succeed in getting YouTube to change the way it targets videos directed at young kids, then YouTube might look a little different. But there's no way this coalition can succeed. Right. Right? Right. I mean, if we have to allow Nazi speak on Facebook, like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it seems like it's a real reach for them to be able to clean up YouTube in this way. Yeah, it was very interesting. We'll link to the article. Something to think about. I mean, should I be creating like YouTube usernames for my kids so that Google knows their kids? I don't know. I don't know. Well, doesn't that only work even if they're in YouTube kids? Like that's a different specific app, right? Right, right. I don't know. I have limited experience with this so far. Well, it's a good uh, segue into what we're watching. But first, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, something unrelated to YouTube, which is the Lego Movie 2 movie, which I just saw in the theater with my family. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved the original Lego Movie. And I did you know it's been five years since that came out? That seems right, because you know how before you have kids, like when you have kids, your life is divided very starkly between like before kids and after kids. I remember that it was definitely before kids. Yeah. And it was when um, Tony was little. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Lego movie two picks up like right at the end of the Lego original movie when those Duplos come down and (laughs) they're like very menacing and threatening to uh, disrupt like Emmett's world. So I have uh, to 
track back to a couple episodes ago. I made the mistake. I said Unikitty was a Duplo creation. Mm-hmm. She is not made no? of Duplos. Oh, okay. No. I, that, so that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Lego Movie 2 was so awesome. It kind of followed the same format. Like watching the original Lego Movie, you didn't. I didn't anticipate that break where it goes from an animation to like real world and mm-hmm. Will Ferrell turns out to be um Lord Business pres- or whatever his name President, President Business. Business. Yeah. <laughs> um so I knew that was coming and the characters kept referencing our Momageddon as like something that was threatening to happen and I just relished the moment that our Momageddon happened because <laughs> I knew like I'm often threatening to put my kids' toys in storage <laughs> if they're not playing appropriately together, like not getting along or like abusing their toys. So it just really spoke to me as a parent trying to give my kids like the freedom to play, but also like not kill each other while they're doing it. <laughs> Um, I loved everything about it. Um, the soundtrack has been catching some flack because the songs are so catchy and infectious. There's one song that's called, this song's going to get stuck inside your head. (laughs) (laughs) But the music was really fun. The movie was super self-aware, just like the original. Mm -hmm. Um, like one of the things I loved most about it is the animation because we watch a lot of shows that are just like. CGI slapped together broad strokes, but everything about the Lego movie is so detailed. Like these Emmett and wild style have been living in apocalypse Berg. So they're like world weary and beaten down and their bodies have like chips and scratches and like paint coming off. And it's just <laughs> so great. And it just seemed apocalypse Berg seemed so appropriate for our time. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Aren't we all those world-weary Legos? Yeah. And then um, Emmett goes to the Sistar system. (laughs) And where everything is, like, kind of glittery and happy and um, beautiful. Everybody goes through a costume change. Tiffany Haddish plays this amazing, like, morphine character. And she has a really great song. Um, And her character's title... Her character's name is like Queen What I Want to Be or whatever I want to be. I just loved everything about it. I hope that you all go out and see it and enjoy it. Yes, I definitely know that it will be queued up as soon as it is released for digital consumption here at our household. Um, Well, speaking of movies, I have one more question to ask you. Mm -hmm. Not related to Lego Movie 2, but related to movies in general. Did you watch the Grammys? No. Did you? No, I didn't. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That requires staying up late and knowing anything about popular music. But (laughs) did you watch the Disney's live action Aladdin remake trailer that played during the Grammys? Ooh, no. Oh my gosh, you have to watch it. The internet is kind of a buzz because... Well, you're an Entertainment Weekly subscriber, aren't you? I have been in the past. Yeah. So earlier, not earlier this year, 
late last year, there was an Entertainment Weekly cover that introduced the cast of the new Aladdin movie. And Will Smith was playing the genie and everyone kind of gave him some crap for his look. And everyone, of course, pointed out the fact that he was not blue as Mm -hmm. the genie in the original Aladdin played by Robin Williams was. So then this trailer aired during the Grammys and you finally get a glimpse of the genie in action and he is blue and he looks so weird. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm almost positive it's one of those things that you get used to as you watch the movie. Like exposure makes it seem less jarring. But whoo, boy, that first glimpse is something (laughs) is it like blue man group blue a bit yes but then they've also given him like the exaggeratedly broad torso of the genie Mm -hmm. from the cartoon and you know that with will smith's head it just it it's it's very strange (laughs) oh i can't wait to see it yeah i recommend watching it because i i look forward to hearing your take (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to see it. I am, in general, in the bag for Disney's live-action remakes. I did not dislike Beauty and the Beast. I really mm-hmm. like Cinderella. I thought that was a great remake. And I'm, of course, excited about The Lion King with everyone else because Beyonce. Right. Right. <laughs> Donald Glover. Yeah. But Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Should we move on to our topic? Back to YouTube. Okay, guys. So today we did something really different and we watched three gamer videos on YouTube and that might not be the right terminology to use. You can criticize, you can feel free to criticize us for that mistake. I will own up to it. Um, So we watched a couple of Minecraft videos with Funny Patter And they're uh, recorded from the point of view of the players. We also watched one Mario Odyssey video. Uh, Mario Odyssey is a game for the Nintendo Switch. We picked these because Deborah's kids have been watching them a lot, yes? Yes. Or just Nate, or both of them, or all of them. So Pat and Jen have been on my radar for a few years. Mm -hmm. Tony... I remember it was a big debate at our house. Like, should we get Minecraft? Should we not? Because there's like Minecraft that you can just build Mm -hmm. things, which is like sort of educational. I don't know. It's like not terrible. And then there's Minecraft where you like battle zombies, which at the time we thought was too scary for Tony. Mm -hmm. And it was. So we did get Minecraft on our iPad and then he would play Minecraft, but then he started watching like YouTube videos where it was just watching other people play Minecraft. And that is where Pat and Jen entered our lives. (laughs) And I remember talking to other parents with kids the same age and like all the kids watched Pat and Jen and all the parents hated Pat and Jen, but nobody was really saying like, you can't watch Pat and Jen because it wasn't terrible. Right. So he was into that for a little while. It kind of waned. And then, I don't know, last year, 2018, Nate started watching um, Mario videos on YouTube. He really liked, like, I think he genuinely watches to get, like, 
tips on how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Even though he doesn't spend much time playing the game, he <laughs> likes to know how it works. Uh -huh. And then he discovered Purple Shep. We watched one of Purple Shep's videos, and my kids just think that that's he's like super hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they'll like convulsively laugh while they watch Purple Shep videos. <laughs> Um, so I guess I should say specifically what we watched. Uh, <laughs> we watched one Purple Shep video called Purple Shep is Cake. And the Purple Shep YouTube channel has 675,417 subscribers. So there you go. And then we watched a Pat and Jen, uh, who are also known as popular MMOs. We watched one of their videos called Minecraft noob versus pro secure prison escape uh and pat and jen as deborah alluded to are crazy popular they have better than 16 million subscribers and they are so popular that they actually published an old-fashioned book uh well mm -hmm. a graphic novel but you know it has covers and pages which is crazy uh and then the Mario Odyssey video we watched was produced by, would you pronounce it, Skilux? Sure. Uh, yeah. Who has a paltry 85,600 subscribers. Uh, and this video was called The Biggest Possible Goomba Stack in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that illustrious introduction, we will try to start by going through the videos one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, care to take us through Purple Shep? Right. I will. <laughs> Purple Shep. So Purple Shep is like a persona and he speaks in like of he speaks in like all capital letters. And it's I kind of like a robot voice. Mm -hmm. But he narrates his way through Mineplex, which is a Minecraft mini game. Um he has a lot hard time figuring it out, so he calls a friend a couple times called Failboot to ask for clarification about what he should be doing in Mineplex. I had so many questions. Um, I had to enlist the digital natives at my house to help us out. Okay. Is it okay if I record you? Uh-huh. Is it okay if I record you? Yep. Is it okay if I record you? I want to be on that podcast. Okay. <laughs> Tony. Yeah? Is Shep just a misspelling of sheep? I think he did it on purpose to be funny and... I have no idea, no. I, I'm pretty sure he did it to be funny. No. Okay. Nate, what is Mineplex? Mineplex is Minecraft with an X. Oh. Huh, I didn't know that. And a P. <laughs> um, Libby, are sheep a thing in Minecraft? Yes, I mean, no, but mostly yes. Tony. Yeah. What is a boom boom? <laughs> I think it's a metaphor for three birds and a TNT. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at the boom boom. <laughs> Nate, what do you like best about Purple Shep? I like his videos because they are so funny. Libby, was this better than a Paw Patrol toy video? No. So... 
I can see why my kids think this is funny because Purple Shep, like, he's acting like he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he seems in on the joke. Right. So sort of in an Adam Sandler type of way. Like, it's that Adam Sandler type humor where he's bumbling and he knows he's bumbling and he draws attention to his bumbling. Which Um, is exactly why I hated it. Yeah, yeah, it's, and there's a lot of in-joke, like, you have to know about Minecraft, I think, to get the jokes. Right. It's just such a weird thing, and then, I mean, it's showing him playing the game, so it's just, like, screen capture, but parts of it are edited and scored. Oh. Like, when he's, like, hovering over, like, the daily reward mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that part of the video is edited and, like, has different music. Mm-hmm. So, like, he he spent some time. Right. Because he does, like, cutaways, like, at the bottom of the screen when he calls his friend. Like, that's all added animation, too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty clever to get, like, user or viewer interaction because at the end he calls for people to make comments on what game he should play next so he's getting that feedback loop of um, comments Mm -hmm. I guess to boost his ratings on YouTube the idea is just that like Purple Shep is playing Minecraft but is too stupid to be playing Minecraft and like narrating his stupidity for your amusement and I just that's not the kind of I mean Adam Sandler kind of hit the nail on the head it's not a brand of humor that I particularly like Mm -hmm. even though I was a child in the 90s I am not a Billy Madison fan Mm -hmm. and I feel like this might scratch a similar itch yeah and it just feels like something we shouldn't be laughing at I don't know I don't like to laugh at people because they're stupid yeah yeah it just seems mean spirited and so long I didn't write it write it down but this video felt really long like, it did and it was one of, I picked it just because it was one of the shorter ones <laughs> <laughs> like I can see sustaining something like that for a couple of minutes but man it's just unvarying constant all the way through like tonally it doesn't really change um should we move on to the popular mmos sure okay so the second video we watched was noob versus pro secure prison escape and i didn't write down a plot summary because the title kind of says it all so our two heroes uh pat and jen Well, it's really just Jen, who is attempting to escape from two different prisons, and one is Mm -hmm. made by the noob, which, for those of you who are not in the know, means the person who is new to a video game. (laughs) And the other prison is made by their pro, who, like, knows all the tricks. So, of course, the noob's prison is absurdly easy for her to escape from, and the pro's prison is very, very hard to escape from. And all the while, Pat and Jen are keeping up a somewhat witty banter. This was really, of the three we watched, the most palatable to me. I think just because the chatter kind of kept it human. 
Mm-hmm. They're more, I mean, they're not regular people, <laughs> <laughs> but it is more of a relatable to me conversation that you might have if you're playing a video game with somebody. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And they're just joking with one another and eating cookies and like making fun of this noob for being bad at the game. Like it's pretty inoffensive stuff, I guess. Mm hmm. Yeah. I not knowing anything about Minecraft, I did not realize how detailed you can get in the things that you build. Yeah, it can be really intricate. Like at one point, Jen drives away in a really fancy yellow car that I feel like if I knew anything about cars, I would know what kind of car it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yet at the same time when they're escaping from the prison like they have to use these key cards to get out and everything does just kind of look like a block yeah everything in minecraft is a block i think minecraft is totally fine for those kids who are willing to just build mm-hmm. things i think then it can be kind of awesome but unfortunately my kids are more interested in watching stuff like this than actually building stuff the one thing that I don't care for about Pat and Jen is that so Jen has her own YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and on the description it says she's like a gamer like she loves playing video games so she has some real skills Mm -hmm. but I feel like when she's with Pat she kind of has that how do I play this persona yeah and I and I don't think that that's really what's going on Mm -hmm. I I think it's just they're like cultivating this like the guy knows how to play video games the girl doesn't like you went to a fancy college so you probably never got invited to like a gentleman's dorm room to watch him play video games no no that happens at all colleges (laughs) (laughs) but that's what they remind me of like a girl hoping that a guy will pay attention to her but he's just kind of more interested in playing playstation so here's my question because like i also object to that characterization like i totally do what did i just say i also object (laughs) to that characterization but given our bizarro cultural climate around female gamers do you think that this is a persona she has to adopt in order to be successful and not be just totally piled on by trolls? Yeah, probably. That's yeah. so sad. Yeah, it is. It's a weird, weird world. So moving on to the biggest possible Goomba stack in Mario Odyssey. Oh, yes, please. Tell us about it. So this one is the kind of thing that Nate really likes to watch, which is why I chose it. And it's just like some gamer just went into Mario Odyssey and tried to build the biggest Goomba stack possible in the Cloud Kingdom. And it was pretty big. Uh, A Goomba, I had to ask Nate, it's a little bad guy. So he just stacked Goombas on top of Goombas on top of Goombas to see how far he could get. And then they kind of all fall down and like there's words on the screen, like telling like narrating it, but it's not a person narrating it. And the. Oh wait, I had a person narrating it. Oh really? Yeah. There was like a little picture of the dude and he was talking through the whole thing. What? Yeah. (laughs) I just heard like a score, like a cinema cinematic score. I had a score too, but I also had him talking through the whole thing. 
Wow. Weird. <laughs> we really know technology, guys. Even when we set out to watch the exact same video, we managed to do it differently. <laughs> um, so this was more like, here's something neat you can do mm -hmm. in the game of Mario Odyssey. And it even went so far as to say, like, now there's so many figures on the screen that the switch is lagging and you can kind of see that glitchiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the video ends and all the Goombas fall down and do a like epic ground pound. Do you know what a ground pound is? Is that when he like jumps on them and gets the coins? Yeah, he like jumps up in the air but lands sitting down. Oh, okay. Then no, I did what, not know that. That's what Nate has explained a ground pound to me. <laughs> But there was no, like, explanation as to how he did this. And you were saying that, like, Nate likes these videos because he learns how to do these things. Like, did it become clear to him just upon watching this little clip how this man made this happen? Um, I did not watch this one with Nate, so I don't know. Okay. Have you ever played Mario Odyssey before? No. Okay. I was going to say maybe it's just... Stacking Goombas is just a part of part of your day in Mario Odyssey, but I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly super qualified to be talking about all of these things. So I asked you briefly whether you'd you'd played Mario Odyssey. You have not. I also have not. Didn't you say you just got a Switch for the kids for Christmas this year? Or did I make that up? For the kids, I have not played mm -hmm. one game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Minecraft? Yes? No? Have you played it? I guess no. I've I've never really played it. Mm -hmm. I've watched my kids using it, but that's it. Do you think if you had played it, you would have enjoyed these videos more? I think so. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you think you would have if you had played Minecraft? Uh, I don't know if I am a unique case, but I hate almost all video games because they stress me out on a very deep level. Like I mm -hmm. start to panic, like even just watching that uh, Minecraft video where like the zombies appeared, like mm -hmm. my heart rate increased and I just, oh wow, I knew that like I wasn't in control, but I felt like I should be doing something and it was freaking me out. So I don't know if there's any circumstance under which I would have enjoyed these videos, is my point. <laughs> Whether right. or not I had played the games, it would have maybe been a relief to me that I wasn't playing the game while mm -hmm. watching these videos. So maybe it would have made me like them more. What do you think about the concept in general? Like, I had been familiar with the concept of a video game walkthrough, which is them, like, like playing a more of a story related game. So they walk through and they show you how to win the game essentially. Mm -hmm. I this is my first time experiencing like pretty much purely comedic at least with the two Minecraft videos, videos that weren't weren't aiming to give you any new knowledge or show you how to play the game. Yeah, it's do you know about Twitch? Yes. Yeah, I mean I think it's a thing that people just like to watch other people play video games. Mm -hmm. And I think the witty banter has to make it, right? I would hope so, because, ugh, can you imagine watching it without the witty banter? Quote, let's say quote, unquote, witty. Yeah, definitely. Right? Especially in the case of that purple chef. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely purple chef is more about the persona than actually showing anything you can do useful mm -hmm. that's useful in Minecraft. Pat and Jen, I think they do show some things about Minecraft that you can do. 
Yeah, it's such a weird world. I have a really hard time relating to it. Yeah, agreed. Like, the the only time I've ever come close is video game graphics have come so far in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. that whenever a new flashy game comes out, most recently the one everyone has been talking about is Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. But, you know, prior to that, if a new Assassin's Creed would come out or any fancy video game that was known to have really good graphics, I would be interested in watching Kevin play it for like five minutes. So I would feel like I would get a sense of what everyone was talking about as far as mm-hmm. how realistic the imagery had gotten. But that's that's as far as I go. Like I'm not actually interested in watching someone play through the whole game. Right. The corollary that I could come up with because like you I do not enjoy video games but I love to read books mm-hmm. and I like to read book reviews so I like to find out what other people think of a book mm-hmm. and sometimes even just reading the book review is enough to me I don't need to actually read that book I just want to know like what the fancy reviewer in the New York Times review of books thought of it and then that's good enough for me to know about that book and what somebody else thought of it, and I don't have to read it myself. But don't they have fancy reviewers at the New York Times to review video games? Boy, I don't know. Maybe not at the New York Times, but I know some well-known publications have reviewers. Oh, yeah, you can read reviews of video games, but... And I obviously don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have... uh... Well, of the three, I guess you didn't even have a narrator in the last one. I did. He had a nice accent. Uh, Of the three narrators, did you prefer uh, one or the other? Boy, I would say none. Yeah? I didn't care for any of them. Was it mostly the gender dynamics that you objected to with Pat and Jen? Yeah, and they just seem so fake. Like, they're making these jokes, and it seems like they're just fake laughing I follow the hosts of the podcast extra hot great yeah (laughs) for a moment I had trouble with the title uh which is a pop culture podcast about television okay and they occasionally tweet from the perspective of their dog Mm -hmm. and so the words are all kind of rounded off like the dog is kind of dumb and speaking like dur 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 and watching and listening to purple shep that is all i could think about and i really enjoy that twitter account like i think it's funny whenever they tweet from the perspective (laughs) of their dog but it's just a little like 40 character snippet i don't Mm -hmm. need 17 minutes or however long this was of uh purple shep using this dog speak so he was definitely Mm -hmm. my least favorite i did not for once immediately come at Pat and Jen with the gender angle so I think I was just so relieved to be done with Purple Shep that I was glad to be watching them Mm -hmm. they benefited by comparison (laughs) (laughs) not having played any of these games and not having spent much time in boys dorm rooms watching them play video games what did you think of the for lack of a better term animation style Ugh. <laughs> I mean the Minecraft videos are like so Blair Witch they're just like 
Mm-hmm. You don't know at what angle you are. You like it just it's like that shaky handheld video camera feeling. Ugh. I it was hard to watch. Yeah, it definitely I get motion sick, so it definitely made me feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. It was really the only point at which I felt that I could relate to Purple Shep because he like starts the video and is immediately where am I? What am I doing? What are these walls? What is this ground? And I yeah. wholeheartedly agreed with all of those sentiments. <laughs> yes, Purple Shep. What are these walls? What is this ground? <laughs> Did you compare it to any adult movie or TV show? I mean, we already talked about Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. And Blair Which Witch is- was a good one. It seemed like it was kind of striving for the Mystery Science Theater 3000 vibe. Oh, yeah. Particularly with Pat and Jen, they definitely weren't getting there comedically. But if you're aiming at an audience that is much younger and much less sophisticated, then I can see how... And that's the show where they, like, watch the movies and you can hear their commentary the whole time. Right. Yeah, right. totally. Totally. Did you – this is – I'm not sure these questions really work, but did you cast a gritty HBO reboot? I wouldn't mind seeing an attempt of, like, a legit comedy duo playing a video game together and trying to figure it out. Like, I think Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. could come up with a pretty funny bit if they were like exploring a video game or Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams from Two like Dope Queens. Those would be very different takes. I think the Will Ferrell and the John C. Riley would be comforting because I feel like they'd be coming at it from a similar perspective mm-hmm. to me or to us, not really having much of a background in video games. But Phoebe Robinson and, oh my gosh, I totally, you just said her name. Jessica Williams. And Jessica Williams, you know, they're younger, they're hipper, they might actually know what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) I did not think of anyone better, so we'll just go with your pick. Do you think it was better when we were kids? Well, I mean, there was like America's Funniest Home Videos, Mm -hmm. and there was um, Cable Access, Mm -hmm. and that was the only times that we were really subjected to homemade content yeah unless to like uncles who had a video camcorder and would show you like videos of his daughter's like piano recital or whatever (laughs) (laughs) what about those like early computer games where you could make your own movies uh and they were like really jerky and like you would approach other people in the poorly rendered school hallway and say sup um i am i think a little too old to have really experienced that all right well i probably made a lot of people who are really not interested watch a lot of really bad homemade movies that way (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but i think if you're a kid now you could really just only watch like homemade unprofessional content Mm -hmm. and never know like the glory that is uh Carmen Sandiego reboot on Netflix for example so I think there's real value in content produced by professionals who know what they're doing versus 
I don't think it's bad that Pat and Jen, exe- Jen exist or that Purple Shep is doing his Purple Shep thing, but mm. I don't want that to be exclusively what my kids see. Agreed. But the weird thing is that at this point, those people are professionals. I feel fairly confident in saying that Pat and Jen probably derive all of their income from those personas. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe polished versus unpolished yeah. Yeah. is the difference that I should be saying. Yeah, we're, we're snobby people and our kids are incredibly lucky that they have us to mediate their screen time experiences for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the big question, Deborah. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? Ugh. Never. I wish I could have back the time I spent, like, looking, choosing these videos and watching these videos. So that makes a good segue. Well, no, obviously, I would never watch it alone voluntarily. I didn't even feel like I needed to say it. Uh, But now I have. So you're welcome. That's a good segue into whether or not this is good for our kids. Like it did. Did it made you rethink? Did it make you rethink allowing your kids to watch it? I'm going to try super hard to get them into, like, a polished Mm -hmm. television program Mm -hmm. and to try to get them off of YouTube. Yeah. If only to protect their user data. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, ratings. I'm going to give this a big fat zero. Same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All thumbs down. Mm-hmm. If I had more than two thumbs, I would put more thumbs down. <laughs> oh, thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook my, at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. You can find out what we're covering in our next episode, and we'll link to the articles we discuss also on Facebook. And you can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, general comments, critiques at, at myscreentime2. And you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children, and Katie produces our podcast. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV and YouTube content beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screen time. Screen time.